0: And I just think Jiggly butt jiggly puff, the butt, no, no, that's too much, just Jiggly butt,
1: <laughs> okay, just jiggly butt,
0: <laughs> and it's like the pokemon with the butt, <laughs> or, or maybe two jiggly puffs together, <laughs> together as a butt cheek, butt. yeah.
1: <laughs> It's, it's like each one on each side. Yeah. You know, just a jiggly butt. Jason's looking at me like... He sort of likes it. He yeah. Actually, that's like the first dick and fart joke he's ever smiled at. <laughs>
0: Man, you must... Jason <laughs> must secretly hate this podcast because I, I feel like there's episodes where alls I make no, are dick and I, fart I, jokes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, that's fact. <laughs> was very supportive of my panic attack welcome to another episode of the master's (laughs) Sport podcast we're here and we're not gonna we won't talk about panic attacks today but earl our two-time world champion co-author of the year that's me is going to bring us into quite possibly one of my favorite topics yeah what are we talking about Earl?
0: talking about the glutes today um those butt cheeks Make them slap.
1: What's your, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is your, what's your most uh, prominent butt cheek memory?
0: Uh, I I can't share it. Okay, on here. that's fair. I think that would be inappropriate.
1: Mine was seeing J Lo for the first time in a music video. Oh wow, you really went back. Like 1998, 1999. Did you have a sock out for that one? And just being like, <laughs> <laughs> why is that sock able to stand up by itself in the corner? <laughs> Red Rocket. <laughs> yeah, but dude, J-Lo, the, I, I, I hate to be the pig, the absolute total chauvinistic pig right now. Uh, well, you, you took the bait and yeah, just, had you, go you it.
0: actually casted the line out. I did, yeah. And went and just grabbed it yourself. Right. That's me. No. Yeah. It's like, here, I'm going to set myself
1: up. All right. Slam dunk. Now Now, for me personally, my first, Oh, you're talking more about the booty shakes. Yeah. For me personally, the first time I like the, I remember the first time I did a single leg squat. Okay. So like a true single leg squat. I'm at the, I'm at my parents' garage. Uh huh. And I've been doing step ups up to this point. Doing you're all really changing course here. Well, we went from <laughs> the re- ten year old J Lo butt <laughs> to hey, I'm doing single leg squats in the so garage now, now. I went from being 14 to 24, <laughs> and I had my back leg up on the up on the bench. Okay, and we had like this old rickety sort of like jailhouse flat bench. Back legs up. Do a couple sets. You know going down to a towel that i'm hitting my back knee on and i remember it's the first time like my glutes were like twitching like yeah and i remember standing like what is going on you got that butt wiggle yeah i got the (laughs) butt wiggle i'm like dude for three days my butt was so sore i was like how have i never done this exercise as an athlete first of all and second of all if i'm gonna be an athlete I clearly need to do this all the time. It wasn't
0: until you were 24, your butt had butt cheeks. Until then, you were like Hank
1: Hill on a lawnmower, (laughs) just with a flat. Freaking Hank Hill, yes. A flat butt. Yes, that's exactly who, I mean, 100%. Yes, man. Big butts contribute to power, too. Yeah, my brother's the only one in our family that actually has a butt.
0: He he got a dumper. Yeah, I did not get that. I Man. did not get that at all. You just got hamstrings, right? Yeah, I'm all and, hamstrings. And calves. Dead. Your yeah. calves are, are bigger than your quads. <laughs> <laughs> and then my
1: butt. <laughs> but then both my quads and my butt. I
0: was going to say, wh- who at Garage Strength has the biggest glutes? I think it may- it's probably Sam or DJ.
1: For dudes, Sam or DJ. Yeah. For
0: chicks, I would say Haley. All right.
1: Yeah, I may actually, yeah. I ya haven't may. met yeah I mean yeah she does yeah her and Haley I would say proportionally are probably the biggest yeah. like as and dude you should see her freaking jump it is unreal just bounds it's she's jumping three meters as a chick Whoa. weighing weighing 90 kilos that's some power there yeah and like Haley, Haley can jump as well and I wanted to do like a little test of those two like like who actually Gloop bounds yeah we'll call them the the glute the glute test yeah salmon dj versus yaime and Haley. there you go who can dj's not really power. in
0: shape though like yeah. he,
1: no he did do dude he did a 160 double power clean
0: he told me i think he said it was 165 he hit he doubled he it. hit that for a single oh, okay
1: and then he did he hit 160 for a double 145 yeah. for a triple and then he cried about his knees for five days
0: leave my man go he's doing well <laughs> he is he, he's bringing in greenbacks here you're getting a lot of broccoli out of that man <laughs>
1: broccoli for the glutes
0: yeah you and you know that's true. He, yeah, no, he's, he's showing great. up. He's doing incredible. He's doing a great right. job. So we decided we like big butts. Yes. Um, and not just from like a physical, like aesthetic perspective. No, from a but from a full blown athletic perspective, it's something that
1: comes up. So, um, talk to me about the muscle, the glutes. I wanted to actually just interject this quick because DJ was literally just talking about how. Uh, I think he, he had been walking through when we were doing the our Glute YouTube video. And DJ shared that one of his biggest fears in college football was when he saw a running back with a huge butt. Because he said there was like a direct correlation that that running back would run hard. Yeah. And he's like, dude, when you saw a guy that had a big butt, he was running hard, and you every hit would feel it. Like, God, this guy's yeah. relentless. So yeah, I just wanted to interject that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, real. That's funny. What are you winking at, Jason?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I hear DJ is scared of big butts. Yes.
1: Go back to the other question. Though. Oh,
0: the glutes. Just talk about the muscle. That's, okay. Like
1: so, actually, we're going to get yeah, the real like, stuff now.
0: Do some. That was all real.
1: It was real. Okay, so if we look at <laughs> if we look at the main as so the 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 minimus max and mead okay three layers of minimus max mead yeah exactly three layers the main the key to keep it as simple as possible if we can think about the the main responsibility is hip extension so bringing your hips so if you're doing a back squat and you're in the absolute bottom of the back squat your butt is back over your heels yeah as you're standing up concentrically your hips are extending so painting that vision for somebody who's listening to this that hip your butt's coming forward, that's hip extension. So
0: what I heard in that statement was the deeper I squat, the more glute activation I get. Correct. Yes. That's all I needed to hear. Now
1: also there's a large amount of glute activation on that final range as well. So like the last like ten degrees, ten to fifteen degrees into extension. So I was I would refer to it as terminal extension. Terminal is that like the quarter squat range? Basically, yeah. So now that's going to be hip extension, right? That's where we're going to see a lot of the responsibility. So a vertical jump of the finish of a snatch, uh, driving your driving out of a, out of a block, out of a, as a sprinter. Um, and also if, if I'm a running back, you know, think about I'm taking a counter step and driving forward with that shin angle, super steep. I'm, I have to, that achieve, ankle elasticity. Yeah. The ankle e- AE, will that ankle elasticity will help me achieve more hip flexion in that back leg, which is going to help me drive the glute with the glutes are responsible for that extremely powerful hip extension during the drive phase, which is also, if we just cover, it's the biggest muscle in the body. Okay. So also hip abduction. So rotating our knees out. out. Okay. So if you do side band walks, you, you will feel this if you do side band walks, monster band walks, whatever you refer to it, you will feel it like, especially in the glute med on the outside of your hip. Okay, that's gonna be hip abduction. And so that's another way, another way that you can train that um, if we use the example okay, of that back squat where your hips, where your butts back over your heels, then you're extending your hips forward as you go through the concentric as you're standing up, that's hip extension. But if you can actually think about turning the your feet out and turning your knees out, if you can actually just cue yourself to do that at the bottom and then drive up that way out of the bottom that's actually going to help recruit a little bit more More. motor units as you're doing that as well and i'm not saying that you should be having your knees super wide or anything like you might see i feel like to a point you 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 could see that in some of like the they like guru mobility people might coach that i wouldn't coach that but the thought and the cue of that you'll still get that activation
0: yeah that's what I'm hearing from you is, hey, this isn't the only way to do it, but if you really need the glutes to fire, this is one way that you can tactilely feel them fire. Yes,
1: and, and even to a point where now that feeling, you you should be able to transfer. If you're doing like a, a single leg, let's say you're doing a single leg squat and you're keeping that knee out and it's tracking over top of your, over top of your foot uh, if you're doing a single leg squat. Now, when I get to the top, I'm going to have really good hip extension and, and i'm going to have a longer pretty long range of motion that's sort of isolating the glutes but because my knee is stable my and i'm in that unilateral position and my my hip has to be stable with that hip abduction Abduction. that's what i think goes back to that first feeling i had when i the first time i ever did a single leg when your squat butt was jiggling yeah my knees tend to cave slightly just so slightly when i do a back squat but when I was doing those single leg squats, because you're more aware in a unilateral position, because you're in this heightened uh, position where you're you're a little bit more prone, you you theoretically are a little more prone uh, to injury. You're not in injury, but like you're just in a you're more susceptible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So your body's aware of that, so it's recruiting a little bit more, so it stabilizes the hip, the the pelvis, and the the knee a little bit more. That was the first time my glute mead really probably ever felt that. And that's going to be similar to when someone does like a jump cut and has to cut from, you know, they're running to the right. They plant on their outside leg and they cut back in. That's the glute mead predominantly that hip ab AB abduction that's responsible for that.
0: So all this talk of glutes and me saying jiggly butt. I keep seeing this like meme or this T-shirt of Jigglypuff from Pokemon as a butt. That we can do it. And I just think jiggly butt. (laughs) Jigglypuff the butt. No, no, that's too much. Just just Jiggly Butt.
1: (laughs) Okay, just Jiggly Butt.
0: And it's like the Pokemon with a butt. (laughs) Or or maybe two Jiggly Puffs together (laughs) Together as a butt cheek.
1: Yeah. It's it's like each one on each side. Yeah.
0: Just as Jiggly Butt. Jason's looking at me like. He sort of likes it. Yeah.
1: That's like the first dick and fart joke he's ever smiled at.
0: (laughs) Man, you must. (laughs) Jason must secretly hate this podcast because I feel like. There's episodes where alls I make no, are Dick and Fart I, jokes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, that's fact. Yeah. No, that that is funny though. But I, I, I think like the the main factor here is like understanding how this how the glutes will transfer to specific sports. But then the other thing is is like if if you think about speed and you think about the hip being the axle of rotation and the axle of the lever right and the the foot is the lever if you can have a more stable hip that lever can rotate quicker and it can drive more energy it can it can be faster and if it's more stable it also leads to that dynamic trunk control if we have more stable hip girdle and we have that very stable
0: trunk see this is interesting what you're saying here now you're starting to talk about core strength but core strength related like intramuscularly to your hip strength, actually, too. Yes,
1: and and that's where...
0: It's almost like what I'm hearing in my brain before you even say it is that the hip provides the platform for, for the everything. trunk yes. as well. Like, yes. it, it's not one... Like, the trunk literally sits on your hips, and it's like, all right, the energy will transfer through this, but that stable platform is necessary as well.
1: Like, yeah, 100%. And I think that that's where... Yeah, that's, that's where the over like the in constant, where I'm like, oh gosh, how can people not see this is if you're not learning how to do, you know, a step up is also very much. So it's based off of research. I don't know how accurate it is, but I know in research, the step up has the most glute activation. The single leg squat has never really been tested with EMGs which can show you the activation of the glute. The back squat is extremely high. Glute glute bridges are also high. I there's there's debate over this. Anyway, where I'm going with this is that highly loaded single leg squats and step-ups can do so much for someone's agility because of the way it's com- it creates this communication line between the abs, the trunk, the back, the trunk And the hips, the glutes, you know, even the groin, it creates like this opening for your body to actually communicate properly. And that is a simple way to then create this line that you can transfer over to a high speed sport. All
0: I heard was fiber optic cable connections. I don't know if that's fiber
1: optic cable connections between the trunk and the glutes dynamic glute. Dynamic hip control. There's got to be some yeah. other. Dynamic hip control. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is like. I bet the ladies like that one. Well, they, <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> and man. It, it, and men. <laughs> like, Thanks, Dane. Pound. Uh, that put it here, Dab. <laughs> yeah, that that's where <laughs> that's where it is it is Jason was shaking his head. At him. <laughs> it it becomes Smack those butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it becomes so It's like Im- the tea bag just wriggling oh off. Oh my god, you're so terrible. You're horrible. You're worse than me. <laughs> At times, yes.
0: <laughs> I'm not the one who started off with J Lo in a sock okay, that couldn't that, be better. That is true. That was pretty aggressive right away. <laughs> um,
1: but it, it, I think it's it's like when you when you start to see that the glutes provide a lot of stability to your pelvis, uh, and, and they also provide that to the to the trunk, and then the the power that it also goes into that drive phase. And how it even even stabilizes uh, so that you can create more quad activation during the drive phase. That's where all this stuff that people, you know, they, they want to do. And this is the other thing uh, before we move off of this is that even, okay, if, if I can do that, uh, that dumber exercise, a single leg squat slower, okay, it's easy for me to execute that. And it's easy for me to feel that proprioception now. If I can rest two to three minutes and then go do some wild reflexive movement, now I'm going to start to feel how that should feel when I'm on, when I'm on the field on a high speed situation, or if I'm doing you know if I'm on a basketball court or if I'm on a wrestling mat. Now I can start to feel that activation a little bit more uh-huh. because of that contrast and because of the the complexity of the reflexive with a simpler movement uh, and a heavier loading over here. It just it creates this really you know synergistic action that that leads to better coordination synergy
0: project or something like that yeah amongst the body yeah let it know what's up all right so in that you talked a lot about like glute strength yep and how it actually impacts other muscles which i think is a that's a fresh take for me to hear instead of like oh get your glutes strong because you can do this this and this right. where you were like get your glutes strong because your other muscles can do this, this, and this from that. Yep. Um, you gave a few exercises with it. Um, I heard single leg squats. Yep. I heard step-ups. Yep. I heard you mention reflexive strength and a contrast method. I would like you to go in, like maybe give us one or two reflexive movements before we get to the audience questions there and then add anything else you feel is like paramount. I would include
1: walking lunges and back squats and front squats. Front squats, surprisingly, I do think you will get some action out of the glutes. Uh, now it's not as prominent as you would get out of the back squat but the high bar back squat also along with the walking lunges and then the reflexes stuff to me would be like if you can imagine me holding a hydro weight in front of me if I available at garage fact if I'm standing on my right leg and I jump I keep my shoulders square but I jump to the side I put the hydro weight out Uh land on my left leg and then snatch that forward so now I'm Training my body to decelerate, change angle, move and project myself forward with a steep shin angle. That is a great ankle elasticity. Yes, exactly. And it's and trunk and hip control. Okay, so now you have that dynamic hip control. You have that dynamic trunk control. That's all sort of pieced together. That That's a great exercise that I really, really like to get athletes to learn how to cut a little bit quicker.
0: So I'm hearing glutes for agility.
1: Yeah, and then another one would be... Um, the, Go jiggly butt. Yeah, uh, here's a good one for me that I've I failed. I, it, I struggle a lot on my right leg. If I would just do like a hydro Weight into a dumbbell or into a hydroweight Weight snatch... I want to hold hip with a hip lock right yeah hip lock i want to hold that that flexion there with my abs but i also want to hold hip extension then on the right side and that's where you really light up squeezing that hip through the ground having that hip extension and that's going to help people coming out of the blocks That's going to help uh, athletes that have to jump from from one leg uh and even if you know even cutting off of that position so those are two really good movements. Awesome.
0: Dane, I gotta give you a round of applause for a unique take on the glutes. We did do a good job, though, of being a little vulgar with it. Like, it was just, you can't help it. It's like butt jokes. I don't think we made any fart jokes, did we, Jason? About cleaning between that crack or anything like that? (laughs) Yep. Glad I got that in there for you, buddy. That's what she said. (laughs) All right, first audience question. Reddit. Um, I love pale blood. Oh, this is a bloodborne one. Oh, it's paleo blood. I love paleo blood. Oh, but pale geez. blood's a bloodborne thing anyway. Maybe this person's on to it. How do I use the sixty-eighty 80 method? As in, if I bench during the three 80-60 by five. I know. I, I'm glad you corrected it. Yeah. With 80% in the bench, three sets of 17 with 60% tomorrow. Do I do the same thing two more times in a week? Or is this a no, workout I should up. implement among other regular bench workouts? Should yes. I do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday? He said this works for three to five weeks. But not how many times in a week or where?
1: So I would do... let's. I would rest at least five days between those workouts. So once so, a week almost. Yeah, yeah, it's like you do it on a Monday, then maybe you do it on a Saturday, then you do it the following. Or maybe
0: it's like three times in two
1: weeks. Base, yeah, I would say that would be the best way to do it. Um, and you can still... I would, I would do like... Let's say you do the 80-60 drop, right? And that's your main focus. Okay, so now that main focus is a little bit more hypertrophy work like a higher on the higher end on the other day you could do you know dumbbell work seven sets of four you know pause on the first rep and then one two three four quick seven sets of four more speed work uh that would be the way i would train it if you want to get more volume in with that upper body but if if you're looking at it over a five week time frame um out of two weeks, so probably you could probably get it done. Eight workouts in a five week time frame.
0: Yeah. Um, YouTube community, Jenglo Gupiak. I'm so bad at this. Hello, sir. An amateur soccer player here would like to know what workout split is best for soccer players, and also what ratio of cardio to strength training is ideal optimal for soccer training. Thanks bunches
1: I think that would depend first of all on the position because if I'm a if I have goalies I'm going to train them to be as twitchy as possible okay so they're going to be very very focused on being as explosive as humanly possible if I'm working with field players you know defensive players are, I'm going to train a little bit differently from a midfielder defensive players I'm going to the same thing they're going to be pretty twitchy but I would say uh, three to four days a week I would like to do a pretty decent leg day that's more unilateral focus A little bit of an upper body trunk day, uh, an athlete plyometric day, and then another like impulse type day. But as far as cardio, so if you would do three to four days a week, um, you should be able to do decent endurance work just from your actual field practice. If you get to the point where you're in season or you're close to getting in season and you feel like you're gassing, especially, you know, you're looking at like 75 to 90 minutes. you're, You're really fatiguing. You're not feeling that good. Well, then I would I would put in like, hey. You know, once a week get on the assault bike for thirty minutes, 35, 40 minutes, and that will help with that. Um, but dude, soccer is way more uh interval based than people realize. It yeah. is very, very similar to football. It's very similar to football. Especially at
0: the higher levels where yeah. the skill sets can keep up with how with, how the game is actually played versus yeah. like watching little kids just, just run around. around. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> and that's where it's like the the endurance is so it's so, it is definitely a factor but they do so much skill work in practice and they do so they there's so much done in that realm that most of the time that that conditioning work the endurance work in practice is will suffice so if you're if you're focusing on power output and not as much hypertrophy you'll be perfectly fine awesome until next time, guys, make sure that you train those glutes. Get them as full yeah. well as possible. Pick up a single leg roller at garage strength.com if you want to get that jiggle wiggle in the glutes. Peace.
0: Later.